The questions you always had. The answers you were never given. The place to seek the truth. Welcome to Veritas. Our lives are governed by our beliefs. Many of them we may believe to be the truth. Oftentimes, these beliefs can have the potential to create happiness or unhappiness in our lives and the world around us. Two people with the exactly same set of circumstances and conditions can have a completely different experience because of the beliefs they hold. The beliefs which we choose to believe are rarely an absolute truth. Beliefs are usually a relative truth. At times, they can feel like they are actually the truth because of the evidence we have created about them from our lives. This evidence can evolve from the media, society, people around us, personal experience, parents, teachers, and religion. Greetings, I'm your host, Mel Fambergas at Veritas Radio. If you want to listen to tonight's full interview and all of our material, click on the subscribe button. And if you want to get in touch with me, want to be a guest on this radio program, have a guest suggestion, or have feedback, just click on the contact button of our website at veritasradio.com. And to tell us more, tonight's special guest is David Whitehead, who was born in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. He's a full-time martial arts instructor, father, and entrepreneur in the field of health and wellness. He's always been on a quest. Since as far back as he can remember, something drew him magnetically to the martial arts, warrior legend, and to philosophy. From the rare programs on TV he was able to catch, or the books he came across at the local library, he devoured everything he could find on the tales of courageous samurai, valiant knights, a medieval military strategy, comparative religion and mythology, and even modern-day superheroes. And we have a more comprehensive bio on our website. His website is wayofthetruthwarrior.com. David Whitehead joins us directly from Vancouver Island, British Columbia, Canada. Hello, David, and welcome to Veritas. How are you? Hello, Mel. Very good, my friend. Thank you so much. I'm a huge fan of your show, and I'm happy to be here with you today, my friend. Well, I'm honored to hear that. I'm honored to have you also. We met a couple of years ago in Pennsylvania, and we finally got this interview going. But I'm very curious because anybody who's a truth warrior, somebody who's interviewing people, is my colleague and you and I share a lot of similarities. But first, let's take the audience to the beginning. I want to know how old this began for you. Well, my journey in studying the martial arts and going down that path started at a very young age for me. It was probably around nine years old. I started off watching, you know, the typical shows like the Ninja Turtles, the Power Rangers, <laughs> all that kind yeah. of stuff, right? And I was intrigued by it because at a young age, I was going through a very difficult time. My mother was in and out of the hospital. She had all kinds of medical complications and surgeries. So I was actually staying with a lot of my parents' friends at the time. We were basically moving around because my dad, he worked shift work. And I felt I felt a lot of anxiety about that as a kid, as any kid would. But to add to that, you know, we had a lot of other struggles going on in our lives at that time. And I think I gravitated towards the martial arts at a young age because there was something about these individuals and these people that, you know, most of them seemed rather unassuming, yet they were very powerful. And I, I craved to have that level of confidence, that level of 
um, I guess you could say competence and that self-esteem and all of that. And the whole philosophy right off the bat, even though I just got little snippets of it from movies and television, it appealed to me right off the bat. And it encouraged me to go and actually start looking some of this stuff up. And so I would go to the local library, take out some books off the shelf on, you know, history and philosophy. I was always gravitating towards those subjects and eventually started pulling actual martial art books off the shelf, which usually detailed instructionals on how to do different striking techniques or katas or different uh, moves or whatever. And yet also in those books, usually in the back section, you know, the section most people skip over was this incredible tale of the warrior philosophy. And I read the books of the likes, you know, Bruce Lee, of course, and most people know him for action movies and being a mega superstar, but don't know how much of a philosopher he was. Uh, and then I read the works of people like uh, Gichin Funakashi, the founder of karate, uh, Mura Hayashiba, the founder of Aikido, Jigoro Kano, the founder of Judo, uh, started reading some of the Kung Fu legends. And it just started me on this path of wanting to learn more about this. And I wanted to learn both the physical side of it because, you know, I was a small kid. And like I said, a lot of th I was very introverted at the time. So I was picked on a lot by other kids. So I wanted to learn, you know, how do I defend myself? How do I have that kind of confidence? And, but I also wanted to find my place here. Why am I here? What is this life all about? What's, where can I find meaning? And I think this is a quest that all of us go on and we all find our own paths towards, uh, the, the, the road that we choose when we try to go down that route of discovering who we are, why we're here, where we're going, finding our place in the world. And for me, martial arts was a good cornerstone in my life. It was something that was always there throughout from the age of nine until the present day. And I hope it's with me for the rest of my life where it's given me a foundation upon which to embark on other research projects and businesses and relationships and, you know, forming a family and becoming a father. And, you know, it's helped me. The, the principles that I've learned in martial arts and through studying the warrior traditions of the world have given me a very strong backbone have given me the fortitude, the discipline, the self-esteem, the compassion, um, the sensitivity that you gain from working with these different traditions that has served me very well up to the present day. And so this is why for me, I feel like it's a duty to pay that forward and to really bring out the full breadth of the martial art tradition, the warrior traditions of the world. Because if you look around, Mel, I'm sure you would agree, we are, we are living in a society that is largely made up of people who I'm sure they mean well, but are largely misinformed about the world around them and what's really going on. And alongside that, we have a significant deficiency, especially in young people, in proper uh, self-esteem, self-image, um, and you know the ability to develop things like empathy and all of these different characteristics. And so I looked to the martial art tradition and I was saying, hey, this is a philosophy that's been lost. It's even in the martial art world. It's something that has been lost. And uh, so I'm trying to revive it and bring back the core elements of the philosophy that has changed my life so that I can hopefully inspire others to uh, drastically improve their lives as well. The way I see it, you transmuted the situation you were going through as a youngster. And it's unfortunate, but a lot of people recur to drugs as a distraction or as an escape. But you, in turn, went to martial arts in order to find this this place if it hadn't been because of the situation, do you think that you would have pursued martial arts? You know what? I It's a great question. I've asked myself that many times, and I have to say no. To I would say I probably would not have gone down that road because it's like you said, 
the challenges that life give you are lessons. They're teachers. They're not curses. They're not something that we should be running and hiding from. They're things that we are here to confront. These are the dragons that we all have to slay. These are the skeletons we all have to dig out of our closet so that we can become whole again and so that we can actually become strong. You don't become strong by just thinking yourself into being strong. You become strong by pushing yourself to the next level, by going against different challenges in your life, by facing adversity. So strength comes from facing adversity. So uh, when I look around now and I see that the young people today are not being shown the value of, you know, hard work and effort and, you know, struggle and, you know, you got to go for it. You got to dig deep. You got to really, you know, there, there's a benefit to pushing past your limiting belief systems. There's a benefit to facing your fears. There's a benefit to uh, looking at yourself in a holistic way and, and having compassion for yourself and realizing, hey, you don't have it all figured out yet, but you're on the path, you know, and, and that's one thing I learned from martial arts is, is it's such a hard physical discipline to learn because it's very complex. Uh, most of the movements are very foreign to you in the beginning because we have to sort of unlearn what we've learned and then relearn something new. That's very difficult for many people. But when you can do that, you start to realize that if you keep at it, you can actually perfect yourself through the actions that you're trying to master and through the techniques you're trying to master. And as Bruce Lee is famous for saying, and I love this quote where he says that all knowledge ultimately means self-knowledge. And I've taken that uh, concept with me, Mel, uh, through the martial arts and through my my work in that field, but also researching uh, alternative subject matter and history and, and uh, what's going on socially and politically is that understanding that when you're looking at the world in a bigger perspective, and you're reflecting back on yourself as well. You're not just pointing fingers at the global elite or the bullies up the street or those people that are shouting you down. You're actually realizing that there's something much bigger going on that you're a part of. And when you're getting that feedback through the process of looking at it from that perspective, you're learning about yourself. You're learning about what your strengths are, what your weaknesses are. And that is invaluable information that can drastically transform your life. So that's kind of what I've, I've developed from this. Um, and that's what I'm trying to help people understand about it. And isn't it incredible that you start with this journey and then 10 doors, 100 doors open. When I started this journey, I just wanted a hobby. I wanted to just discuss UFOs. But then I realized that it's not only that. There's right. health. There are alternative cures that the powers that want to be don't want us to discuss. And they have their own intelligence apparatus. And I don't mean to digress because we're going to be talking about this because you also discuss health, correct? Yes, that's a huge component. I mean, physical health, mental health, it's all it's all part of the same process. And I find it rather interesting that in the world of athletes that I've, I've trained with and trained a lot of athletes that compete and like, you know, they push themselves to the maximum human performance level. And yet they're very lacking when it comes to mental health. They, they often don't take care of that part of their being. And then when you, I speak to, I, I'm like yourself, Mel, I have a podcast, I run my own show and I speak to people that I'm interested in. I've read their book or I heard their lecture and I'm like, ah, oh, I'm interested. I want to share this conversation with people. So I'll talk to them. And some of them are just some of the most profound and inspiring people intellectually. But then some, you know, sadly that a lot of them don't take care of their physical health. So I said, you know, it'd be helpful to, bring forward a holistic approach to health that will help people no matter what their goals or their aims or their, you know, their aspirations are and giving them an idea of health that is holistic so that they understand there's a mind-body connection. In fact, 
there is no separation between the mind and the body. Your body is a mind of its own. And then you, this is a huge thing that we can get into. But the idea that you're looking at health mentally, physically, and spiritually. And I got that idea the first time I walked into my local karate dojo. I was in, I grew up in a small town called Yorkton, Saskatchewan, you know, the prairies of Canada. And I was at the Yorkton Shotokan Karate Club. And I used to walk past that place all the time. And I, I just wanted to get in there and start training. And when I walked in there for the first time to check it out on the wall, it said mind, body, spirit. And I was like, wow, this is some pretty deep stuff going on in here. And when you really look into the tradition, it's about having a way of unifying all of those spheres of what you are. You are a multidimensional being living in a multidimensional universe. And so it wouldn't make any sense, would it, to neglect one of those houses of being and say, well, I'm healthy here, but I'm unhealthy here. Um, nobody's perfect. You don't have to become a monk. You don't have to you know, go and sit cross-legged on a mountain and eat twigs for the rest of your life. But what you do have to do is respect your body. Your body is your temple. It's an incredible machine. It's a gift. The ancient Egyptians used to worship and venerate the body, uh, the ancient Druids as well, and many other cultures because they recognize that it's a gift. And there's even been studies to show or some scientists have put together some numbers to sort of calculate what are the odds of you actually being alive in a body. And it's something like 400 trillion to one or some ridiculous number. And so just to think about that, that the odds of you even incarnating in a body, all the different things that have to intersect in order to make you a living, thinking, breathing human being, a work of art, a work of magic in a way, in order for that to happen, all these forces have to come together. You have better odds of winning the lottery every single day of your life than to even be here right now. So respect that. Respect yourself just from that place and then go, well, would I want to treat my body like crap if I knew that? And if I knew what my potential was and if I could just get a little sliver, a little glimmer of what my potential could be if I focused on a healthy lifestyle like this, um, if you got a little glimpse of that, you would you would instantly see that it's 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 irrational and it's backward thinking to you know destroy your body and to destroy your your mind as well and to recognize that for your spirit to shine through for your light to shine so to speak you have to have a healthy house you have to clean up your house you have to clean up your mental house your physical house your spiritual house so i work my my quote unquote business which i just call it my life's work i guess is it's basically like a tree and it has a few different branches. And one of those branches we deal with helping people achieve optimal health at the cellular level through, you know, helping them with diet, helping them with the proper supplementation, helping them understand uh, what's going on in the agricultural and uh, the, you know, food industry and all of that and how they can avoid uh, having their body clogged up with all these artificial toxins that are destroying your body. But then also another branch of the tree is what about your mental and emotional state? You know, where's your level of, uh, self-knowledge. Where's your level of self-esteem? What does that even mean? What does the word self even mean? And why is it important to have a strong sense of confidence in who you are? And then it goes into the even the dimension of philosophy, which would be sort of the spiritual dimension. We start asking the bigger questions of life. Okay, so now that we know who you are and how to make you healthy, how do you fit into the rest of what's going on in the world? And then how do we fit into the larger picture of the universe, which is the kind of the things you cover a lot on this show, Mel. So that's that's the long answer, but I would look at health from a holistic perspective, and uh, it's changed my life, and it's changing the lives of the people that I work with. 
Would you say that it requires mental stamina, martial arts, maybe practice yoga in order to do what we do? And I'm talking about the martial arts on your part, but I'm talking about the rest of it, the pursuit of truth, the opening doors, the uncovering the hidden truth that has been hidden from us for millennia. A lot of people say to me, how do you, how do you take care of your family? How do you talk to your, your, your daughter without always thinking about what's happening around the world? And believe me, folks, it's very difficult because our job, and I'm sure yours, is to leave a better world for the children and be, leave a better children for the world. But you have to have a certain mental clarity and, and, and to be very centered in order to balance all these things out because it's a juggling act, isn't it? Oh, you nailed it. It is. And I'm I'm a father. I'm a young father. I've got a, a six-year-old and a three-year-old daughter. And it's a challenge. Oh, thank you. It's it's that has been another thing that has changed me and, and in such good ways that I didn't even know. And I decided when I had those kids that I made a choice from day one. And this is this goes out to the fathers or future fathers out there that are thinking of having kids or you, you've got some young kids and you're not sure how to deal with all the stress and all the worry and all the new things embrace it embrace it and embrace every part of it not just the good parts that you like embrace the whole thing and if you do that it's rewarding it, i'm sure you know as you know mel and it's it's something that i i'm an advocate for now is that we need good strong healthy moral parents raising good strong healthy moral children and that is going to help the future the children are the future and sadly yeah i'm here studying the statistics i'm looking around right now uh, statistics of things like depression and the suicide rates. And of course, we know there's this epidemic of school shootings and violence and all these, uh, you know, the, the disassociation that we see in the youth today, which is very sad. But what I've seen is that I can set up a little dojo in any community and I can take kids from different racial, cultural and socioeconomic backgrounds. And I can put them all in the same place and they can all have different levels of self-confidence, of health, of awareness. They can be in different spectrums of autism or all these different oppositional defiance disorder or whatever they're making up these days. Um, they can be in any of these categories. And yet when I unite them together in practicing with the body, we're practicing the movement of the body. That's what martial arts is. It's the, it's the, it's the art of movement and it's the science of self-defense. And this, in order to understand self-defense in, in, a, in a true martial arts sense, it's not just about learning how to win a fight on the street. It's about the self-defense that you need first of, against yourself, against the, the fears that are going to haunt your mind unless you address them and unless you conquer them, unless you learn how to master your fear. I'm not ever telling these kids don't erase your fear. Fear is a, is a healthy adversary in many conditions. But fear can run away. It's like a fire. It can burn everything around you or it can be there to keep you warm and heat your food. So we, we learn about how to master fear and how to master your movement. And if you can master the movement of your body, you can master the movement of your thinking. You can master the movement of your, the flow of your, of your mind. And so the, when I start taking all these different kids and putting them together and getting them working on something and the moment they see a little bit of success, just a little bit of success, like they walked in with their head down, their shoulders down, not eye contact, not talking to me. Or they're all one of them is you know running around like crazy, not listening. There's always different kids, but either way, they all come into equilibrium as we progress with these lessons because you're showing them how to win, how to win, not how everybody's the same, not how 
uh, everybody gets a medal. It's no, no. If you want something in life, you. Thank you for listening to unlock the full two hour interview, including video formats, downloads, transcripts, exclusive articles, and more subscribe to Veritas plus now gain access to our entire archive dating back to 2008. Just click subscribe at veritasradio.com because you don't want to believe you want to know subscribe now to listen to the rest and all of our exclusive material proceed to the veritas plus member section or join the veritas plus family by subscribing click on the subscribe button at veritasradio.com don't forget to visit the veritas store for focused life force energy get a 15-day free trial today with no credit card required and if you want to get in touch with mel want to be a guest on this radio program have a guest suggestion or have feedback just click on the contact button on our website at veritasradio.com now proceed to the veritas plus member section or subscribe to listen to the rest of the interview you don't want to miss it because you don't want to believe you want to know What are you waiting for? Subscribe now at veritasradio.com.